excited about today? Are you guys excited? <laughs> Have you had a good week? Yeah? You can talk back. It's okay. I, I can't see all your eyes and faces necessarily, but, you know, and those of you who are online, feel free to chat and, and let us know what you're thinking or, or responses you have. I appreciate that. I'm really curious about these goals and resolutions. I hope that you are achieving things this year that you have planned to do. And that if you feel like maybe you've stumbled a little bit, that's okay. The key is to get back up and do it again. The key is you, you've never really failed until you give up. That's really failure. Up until then, it's just you keeping and trying. And I don't know about you, I've heard a lot of people talking, but, you know, how are you doing with, with changes in the country in the last couple of weeks? We all good? You know, something that uh, I, I had to explain to somebody who was, I was talking to them, and um, I, I just, <laughs> it's, I know it's obvious, but I said, you, real, you realize half the country disagrees with you, at least, right, as we were talking, because the way they were talking, it's as if, well, okay, now everything changes. Well, the, the fact is, you know, not everything works that way. And so as I was talking to this person, they were getting pretty heated, and they'd already decided that I was against them, and I, I wasn't. I loved them. But they decided I was an enemy already. And so as we were talking, I said, I said, is it possible to disagree and you not think I'm evil? Is that possible? And they stopped for a minute, and they said, well, but I said, well, hold on. I, you know, we, we were friends five minutes ago. And because we disagree really deeply about some things, now I'm evil. I said, do you realize what you're saying there? And it, it was really, it, it, was, it was strange because you could see kind of the lights going on. And the fact is, I, I get it. These are important issues. It's not like, you know, being angry about the color of carpet or changing furniture, right? These are big deals. And just like you, I mean, I want to make sure that we as a people of God, we do not disengage I want to make sure that we do not ignore or cancel people. I want to make sure that we still have a bridge to cross where we can share Jesus with the world. That is the most, most important thing. So as I've been thinking about, you know, a response as a church and, and individuals as people, wherever you are politically, I mean, that's, to me, that's incredibly important. But I want to make sure that you are praying. You are praying. If, if the world situation doesn't put you on your knees in prayer, then it should. That's what we need to be doing. The next thing is I really think what we need to do as Christians is be involved, be more involved than we ever, ever have been. As a church, you know, of course, we support lots of ministries that have, have things to do. You know, one of the things I wasn't surprised about, but I was disappointed that the new administration took away the protections for the unborn that were put in place in the last four years. And, uh, you know, it just, it just seemed like really a slap in the face thinking about this is the 48th anniversary of the Roe versus Wage dis- decision was this week. I don't know if you guys were aware of that. You know, there's a sanctity of life week. Um, and it just, it was disheartening to think about that. You know, when I think about the fact that um, in the middle of this, we are still called to love people and love. <laughs> we are still called, everybody turn your phone lights on me. If you want. <laughs> I can see you really good now though. Okay. <laughs> um, as I've been thinking about all of this, you know, and I'm thinking about the fact that you know, Psalm 139 says, you saw my unformed body before I was even born in my, in my mother's womb. Every day was planned ahead. And I think, what, what is your response to that? Your response needs to be to love people, to love them, love them more than you ever, ever have. Think about some of the ministries that we work with. We work with Rachel House. Um, in February, they're gonna be, we're going to be doing a bottle drive for them. That is a, a crisis pregnancy center where they... Uh, young ladies mostly, but guys too come in 
And uh, Frank Block, one of our very own, he counsels the, the guys that come in. But, you know, they help, help ladies. They give them son- uh, sonograms. Uh, they do all of that. It's an amazing ministry. We support them. Maybe it's time for you to get involved in something like that. Another ministry that we host, we host their offices right here is If Not For Grace. Their entire ministry is to the abortion wounded. So, again, mostly ladies, but guys too. And as it could be years later that they are dealing with and they're starting to feel the guilt or the guilt they recognize in their past. And that ministry helps them work through all that and find healing to something that may have been something that has affected their entire life and they were just weren't even aware. Love that ministry. And they, they're right here. And, and maybe, maybe it means you uh, volunteer with them or even give toward them. And maybe you're somebody here who's walked that path and you're hurting. We have information in, in all the bathrooms is kind of where we put that. And so I've noticed that some of the guys have taken some of the tear-offs to call, and that's awesome. It's, it's confidential. It's a ministry that just, that's about healing. What I want to tell you, too, is what I was doing with this person that I was talking to. I said, well, tell me, tell me where we disagree. Tell me. Talk to me. I want to hear it. And I just listened. Sometimes it's hard to listen, isn't it? Maybe, maybe not as hard for some of you. Like, maybe you know me well enough. It's hard for me just to stop talking and listen. And when I listen and hear, here's one thing I found. I heard this recently, and I, it just struck me. It's, it's really hard to hate someone close up. Have you noticed that? When you're looking at them face to face, and when I confronted that person and said, so do you think I'm evil? Because we disagree. You could tell they, they couldn't hold that position anymore. I mean, we're looking at each other eye to eye, and they've known me forever. I, I heard this quote this week, and it, it really struck me on this, because I wonder, you know, do you, maybe you feel like you're not up to the task. Maybe you don't have all the answers, and I'm not, by nature, a confrontational person, but I do it because I know it's important, and I have to. I'm not, not by nature that way, and so maybe you're wondering. Maybe you're not up, up to the task, and so I heard this. You know, I wonder, used to wonder why God used imperfect people to accomplish his tasks on earth, and then it occurred to me, Imperfect people are all he has to work with. <laughs> he, he uses us because that was his plan from the beginning. And maybe there's somebody better or whatever, but the fact is he wants to use you. I'm wondering too, how are you doing with connecting with God? We talked last week about connecting with God and how important that is. We talked about the ways to do that. We talked about how the mission of our church is to love God, love others. We talked about the fact that when Jesus was asked what was the most important commandment, he answered and he said, he said that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. And we've said many times that, that literally you, you uh, exhibit, you show your love for God by how you love people. That's how important all of that is. As a church, we want to grow, we want to connect, we want to go. So as we're talking about those things, when you connect with God, you grow. So last week, if you missed it, of course, it's online. You can always search uh, on our website. The, all the sermons are online there. And if you are following, if you use the YouVersion Bible app, you can go into the events in the menu, and it should pop up if you're right here in the house. The, the notes for today's sermon will pop up there, and you can have all the notes that are there. All the scriptures will be right there in your version. If you're watching online, you can do the same thing. It might be a little more difficult to find us, but the way you do that is put in our zip code 64064, and it will pop up there. So as you do that, and as you look at that, you know we talked about um, connecting with God through prayer, connecting with God through his word. Today I want to talk about this, and it's one of the most... I think it's how God puts this in place. 
You realize that God existed in community before he ever created man. The whole concept of the Trinity, it's difficult for us to comprehend, but when you have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit present, even in the beginning of the Bible when it says uh, that the Spirit of God hovered over the earth, and then at one point it says, let us create man in our own image. Those are intentionally plural words. God created us needing community. When he made Adam, as we were just reading in the Bible reading, those of you who are doing that Bible reading plan with us as a church, you can join us in that as well. As you're doing the Bible reading plan, we came across the scriptures where it talked about the creation of Adam. And it says that he he wanted a helper for Adam, and he put all the animals in front of him and wanted to see what Adam would name them. And as Adam named all of those, and it said no suitable helper was found. What that means is Adam was alone. He was surrounded by the earth and the beauty of it and the animals, but he was alone. He was alone in a a deep way that I don't know if any of us could ever comprehend. And then it says that God put him into a deep sleep and he took the rib from his body and he created Eve. And then when he saw her, he just gushed. I mean, if you read that in the Hebrew, it's, it's like he just exclaimed. He gushed out, finally, someone I can relate to, someone who I can have a relationship with, someone like me. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I think we miss that in the world today. We don't even understand how important that community can be. I'm curious. Who do you know? I mean, who, do you, who do you really, really know? Obviously, a lot of you are sitting here with your husband or wife or, or close friends, but who really knows you? Your deepest thoughts, your, your ideas, what, what animates you, what motivates you, what worries you, what, what gives you joy. Who really knows that? Who is it that's in your life that can speak into your life with love and with candor? Who can, who can you trust? Who do you lean on? Who really gives you accountability? I was researching this just a little bit, and I came across a study done by, of all things, MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And what they were talking about is how people today are less connected. They're more connected, yet less connected. So I just want to share with you some of the findings. What they're saying is that thanks to the internet-based social networking sites and text messaging, but the people are more lonely and more distant from one another in their unplugged lives. It's interesting. So social psychologist Sherry Turkle, PhD, says this, that it's not only changing the way we interact online, it's straining our personal relationships. Here's her quote, one of the quotes from it. We're more isolated than ever in our non-virtual lives, leading to emotional disconnection, mental fatigue, and anxiety. The most dramatic change is our ability to be, listen very carefully to this, to be elsewhere at any point in time. Do you follow that? Now, I know, that, I know the temptation is to elbow somebody sitting next to you, but let's not do that today. But, and it's easier a lot of times to think in the third person, someone else has this problem. I know that. But let's think about ourselves. How many times have you been with somebody, but you're immediately, you can be elsewhere? So in the article, she talks about this, that it's, it's the ability now to sidestep what is difficult any hard personal interaction and then go to another place where we don't have to deal with what's right in front of us. She gave an example of, and no offense to the young people here, but this is her example. She said it's like a 15-year-old who goes to a birthday party and it gets awkward because maybe they're not included or don't know everybody, but it's okay because they can step to the side and automatically connect with people not in the room. So immediately they have a connection outside. They're gone. 
so you can leave without leaving. You're physically in the room, but you've left the room mentally, socially, and more importantly, emotionally. You're gone. Now, that's easy to think about it in the situation with a 15-year-old, but how many times have we done that even around our loved ones? This is quotes from the article, too. Texting is more comfortable and safe. So one of the quotes was, this is from a young person, too, talking on the phone can reveal more than I wanted to in a conversation. So they were talking about, we've all experienced this, where you're maybe in a hurry or maybe you're on the road or, no, you would never do this texting on the road, but uh, wherever you are, you text someone and you're looking for a quick answer, but they call you, right? That disconnect, this, this, I, I just wanted a quick answer. I didn't want a conversation. I wasn't ready for a conversation. Maybe I didn't need a conversation. Or, or like this young person is saying, the conversations are not safe because I can't, I can't carefully word what I want to say, and I might reveal more than I intended in a conversation. Isn't that interesting? Some studies have shown that these, now this is interesting, that that the generation growing up in the text world, now most, you know, my generation and a couple around me, we didn't grow up like that, but they're saying that that they're finding sometimes even the way kids talk, it's difficult for them to, to complete sentences because you don't text that way. And I've heard young people say this, like I've even talked to my students, they say, oh yeah, we can always tell when it's an adult texting because they use punctuation and they do things, you know, you don't need to do all that. Like, okay. And it always, I always laugh when someone, you know, around my age answers, like I'll ask them something and they'll answer with just the K. Like, oh, cool. I guess we're cool like that. They can just say K. Okay. I mean, I know what they mean. I can read it. It's just comical. Because it could have been okay, but it's not. Because even okay is an abbreviation. You realize it, right? Like the real word is O-K-A-Y. <laughs> oh. We don't want to work through difficult situations until resolution. And we can just turn off the text or ignore it. And it drops. In the article, she says, it is literally mind-numbing. You ever think about mind-numbing, what that means? Where, where your mind, I mean, we know that, right, with chemicals and whatever. I mean, we, we get that part where you're just a little dull or you're just, you know, you're not, you're not feeling the pain as much. Did you ever think that the electronic communication that we've substituted for real interaction has mind, or numbed our minds or my, numbed our hearts or numbed our emotions? You don't think of it, though, but it has. You don't have to feel as much because it's just something you wrote down on the phone. It's, it's not like that anymore. You can flip through. She talks about flipping through Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and how hours can drift by and you didn't actually think anymore. Talk to, talk to young people who, when they're in difficult situations or feeling stress, how do you deal with it? Well, I just, I just get on the phone and fly through things. How many of you have been on TikTok? I'm just curious. You can raise your hand. It's okay. I'm just curious. I was curious about it like about a year ago. I wasn't sure. You know, I'd never see, I didn't know what it was for sure. I mean, I, I thought I knew. And so I, I signed up. I got on there for a minute. And then an hour later, I was like, whoa, it just happened. I mean, I just watched all, watched all these videos, one right after the other, of people doing, you know, stupid bike tricks, and then stupid human tricks, and then uh, dance moves, and then cats, and that didn't last long, I'm just saying, cat thing. But then it got into animals I actually was interested in, an hour, just like that. And I laughed at myself, and you know what I did? I immediately deleted it. 
Because I thought, I, if I am this weak and susceptible to just losing an hour, I don't want to be like that. I needed to self-regulate, and I just, I just realized I, 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 I don't need that in my life. Have you had this experience where you're together in a room, but you're disconnected from each other? You're within feet of each other, not six feet. I know we're staying separate and all that, but maybe you're watching TV together, but you're not together. Or you're watching TV. I hate this when I'm watching a game, and I'll say, oh, wow, did you see that? And I look around, and nope, nobody saw it but me. But I can reverse that if you want to see. And <coughs> or you're eating together, but you're in different places. You're with someone, and a text comes up, so you're immediately now with someone else. The person you're with, the person who texted you has now taken you literally away from whoever you're with. And I know, goodness, believe me, I'm not, I know there are important things. I know if you have a business, you've got to schedule things. I get all of that. I'm not trying to just say everything is evil. But my point is, when you're with somebody, are you with them anymore? Are you automatically available to anybody else who can get through to you on your phone? It's not all bad. I know it's not all bad. I love keeping up with all of you on all your family events and pictures and even cats, dogs. I, I love it, okay? That's nothing wrong with it. I recently visited uh, my aunt and uncle and cousins out in Oregon, and it was great because we, I felt pretty caught up on their lives. So then when we actually were together, we just filled in some gaps. And it's way different than people who, one of my cousins came who's not on Facebook. And it was literally like I didn't know anything about her life. So, yeah, there's good things about it. Don't get me wrong. We can share pictures. We can talk across. We can video chat with people, you know, uh, in, in another state or another country. And I love all of that. It's wonderful. We can learn things, you know, like that. You can research. I mean, it's, it's amazing at the tips of your fingers. Anybody remember what encyclopedias were? were? Remember the salespeople who would come to the door? Can you imagine that today? Why would they even do that? You, I mean, you can know anything at the touch of your hand. I, one of my good friends, he always says... The device in your, like someone will ask him something and he'll say, the device in your pocket is actually more powerful than what landed people on the moon, so why don't you ask it? I'm like, okay. Right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, hey Google, why is the chief's mascot a wolf? Can you hear that? What she, what, it's, what she is telling me, Mrs. Google, whoever she is, she's saying that uh, wolves are not significant to Kansas City, so the Kansas City wolf did not come to existence because of local wildlife. Instead, Kansas City wolf, does anybody know the truth to this? I never knew. In fact, I thought it was a rat when I first moved here, and I thought, why? I just didn't get it. I mean, it's not, it doesn't look like a wolf to me or a dog or anything. But here's what she says, that in the early years of the Chiefs, there was a group of rowdy fans that were called the Wolf Pack, who sat behind the Chiefs bench at the Municipal Stadium. So that became the, the uh, mascot. See how helpful it can be? Now you know. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but as good as it is, do you really know people? I mean, what we see online, is that real? You wonder all the time. I mean, is it real? I mean, I, you don't put your whole life on there, hopefully, Right? There's some filter, right? I mean, we have some barrier, some things we don't talk about. Now, some of you have less filter than others, but still. Are they really real? Are those relationships real? I mean, I heard that, you probably heard this too, where somebody said, oh, we're friends. 
what do you mean you're friends? Well, we're friends on Facebook. Oh, Facebook friends. Is that real? Is that a relation? It is a relationship to some degree. Don't get me wrong. I get it. But is it even their real life? I mean, how often have you compared your daily grind of a life to someone else's highlight reel? Where everything they're doing looks perfect. I don't care what it is. It could be woodworking. It could be um, the, the decorating. It could be they're perfect kids or they're perfect. I mean, it's your unfiltered life, your unscripted life, right? Your plain vanilla life compared to their chocolate, banana, peanut butter, custard from Culver's, right? Yeah, wow, it's right. I mean, right? How many of you actually like vanilla? Like that's a flavor. That's the beginning part. That's before flavor gets added. <laughs> their vacations, right? When Jer- Pastor Jeremy and Kristen were getting ready to go, I said, remember to send us pictures. And then I thought, I don't know if I want to see their pictures. <laughs> right? It wasn't raining when I came in today, but I know it's drizzly and raining. And I know there's people going to be like, I'm happy for them. I, I tell myself I'm happy for them. Right? Their perfect home, their perfect relationship, their kids, their couch. I don't know why I wrote couch. I've never wanted a couch or liked anybody's couch enough to feel good. Here's what happens, though. The comparison, it kills. It deflates. You're going, you, your life is good, and then you look at that and you say, but it's not that good. I mean, it's not like that. And you start to wonder. I mean, it, it disappoints. It creates these feelings of inferior, inferiority. I literally had someone once tell me, Pastor, I, I don't think you should like people's posts on Facebook. This is honest to God truth. And I, I was really confused. I'm like, why? And they said, well, because you, you don't like everybody's. I'm like, oh, that's true. Because I don't see everybody's. He goes, but, but if you like some and not others, that could make people feel bad. Like, how would people even know? I mean, I was just looking at him, and, I, and he was dead serious, so I was really trying to be understanding. And so the more he talked, I realized, okay, I know what he's talking about. Because there's times where you, you see someone else is this, and you're not, and you wonder, well, I mean, you see other people feel, having fun, and you feel left out. They didn't invite you. You see, um, their marriage looks perfect. He has pictures of his wife on Instagram. You wonder about it, right? As I was reading that article, that, that MIT study, I, there were some things that were very stark, very sad. Some of the quotes really made me sad. This one was from a child, a, a young person, high school student. They said, my parents never look me in the eye anymore. And when, when they pressed, you know, what I thought of is that picture of dad, you know, at the breakfast table with the newspaper and not paying attention. And what they said is, no, they, they're always got their head down on their phone and they never look up. They talk to me and I tell them things, but they never look up and they never look in my eyes. You know, and of course, as a sociologist, they were just going off about how important it is. There's nothing like eye contact. You, you know how it is, Right. I will never forget Grace when she was like two years old or something. I, was, I feel so bad as a parent, but I, I don't remember what was happening. I was talking to her, and you know how you know, kids are just, you know? <laughs> She's not here. And her more than most, right? And I remember her grabbing my face. She said, Daddy, 
look in my eyes. And I realized, I, I thought I had heard her, but I wasn't hearing her. I wasn't listening to her. I wasn't picking it up. I mean, the things left unsaid, because what these students said is, <clears throat> they say there's so many things I'd like to talk to them about, but if they're not going to listen to me about these little things, I can tell they don't care, so I'm not going to really share. It broke my heart. <clears throat> there's something about full attention, you know, and you test the waters with little things. It's, it's like conversation starters that you're requesting a connection from somebody. And if they're not willing to get off whatever this is to get into this, then they're not going to listen. They know you don't care. So what do you do? What, what should we do? We, us, people, us. And I hate to say it this way, but it starts like this. Do you care? Are you willing to make a change with you? Do you see the need in your own life? And I said before, it's tempting to elbow or think of somebody else, but we're social beings. God created us this way. Do you feel that need or do you see that lack in your life? We need to be heard. We need to hear. We need to listen. We need, we need this. And it takes effort and it takes time. It takes a commitment from us to change what we're doing. It takes a restructuring we have to decide that those things are more important than whatever communication is on the phone. Changing our routines, aligning our priorities. You need accountability. We, it's so easy to fly through life with no one really knowing you. You know how we do, right? We let this person know this part of our life, and this person this part, and this person this part. But this person can't know this part because if they did, they would ask us about it. But I know if I shared this part with them... It's safer, and they won't challenge me. So I weave this thing that's my life, and only people know certain parts. So who have you given that right to, that responsibility, that honor to challenge you? It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. And a text doesn't do it. You realize this, right? That they, <clears throat> Studies vary on how much it is, but you know, up to 80%, some even say more, of our communication is nonverbal. You realize that? That's what that kid was getting at when he said, I don't want to have a conversation on the phone. And that's verbal, but there's more to it than that. There's the inflection part, right? Like I could say to you, really? Or really? Or really? Right? When you read that on a text, how do you know the difference? They might capitalize it. They might put some punctuation, an emoji, something on there. But it doesn't really say, you don't always know what it's really saying. Unless you can connect all that with facial expressions and body language, if they're tight and closed, and they tell us, you know, when we're doing counseling, to mirror the body language of the person you're talking to. So it makes them feel more open that you're paying attention, watching. The idea of it between eye connection, it was funny, I, I kind of do this sometimes, kind of rabbit trailed off into this whole thing, and it was talking about how long the eye connection has to be there. Then it talked about culturally how that's so different. In some cultures, no eye contact is allowed, ever, unless it's intimate conversation. That's what we need. Think about that. Here's what was suggested as a solution in the MIT article. It said, I love the language here. When I read it, I had to read it twice. Like, wait, did they just use that language? She said, create sacred spaces around certain activities. And she went into detail. You know, meals, conversations with your spouse, your kids, friends. Put the phone away before bedtime. There's all that. You know, uh, when you're, this, I love this language. She said, when you're sharing a visual experience, put the phone. So, so I, I'm assuming she's talking about football, right? 
put the phone away. What do we do about it here at Crown Point Church? What do we do about it here? You, you know how much we value connection. We're here. You're here online. You're connecting in, in these days the best way you can, and that's good. We literally created a lobby here that, it, that is built for connection. The coffee shop, the whole reason we have that is connection. The reason there's furniture in the lobby. It's all about connection. And I love how you as a church, I, 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 I love it and I'm amused. You know, no matter what time church gets out, people are connecting in the lobby for another 45 minutes. It doesn't even matter what is going on. I love that. And we're having this meeting right after service for those of you who are interested in knowing more or have an opinion about connect groups. And I know what will happen is people will be connecting in the lobby and I'll have to decide, do I go take them from that connection <clears throat> to talk to them about connecting? I know how it is, though, at church. <clears throat> Some people like to come incognito. Maybe you're an introvert and you want to have just your space, and that's fine. Some are extrovert. What I worry about is how many of us in this room right here, those of you online, are struggling with things we'll never know about because we're not close. We don't have a connection. Addiction, depression, finances, spiritual questions, doubt, hurts, marriage, kids. Maybe you have questions about, about theology. Maybe you have loss or grief. And because you don't have anybody and you're not connected, you're walking around with those deep inside. And nobody can ever get close enough for you to share or talk about it. And you're, you're drowning. You're drowning in those things and nobody knows. I think you understand why connection is so important. And I hope you understand it's something that God values and he created. He wants it. And no matter who you are, you have a place, a a part to play in all this. And maybe for you, you're thinking, well, I can't lead a group. You don't have to. Some of you might, it might be better for you just to host a group and someone else lead it. Or maybe for you, you just need to be committed part of it. And maybe you barely talk in a group, but you're still part of it and you still share. And there'll be a time for someone to connect with you or, or a need that you can meet that only you could meet. Everyone has a plan and part in this. So I was reading scripture, I'm thinking about Romans 12, where Paul talks about the body of Christ. He says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and listen to this, we all belong to one another. How can you belong to somebody if you don't even know them? Ephesians, Paul again in chapter 4, he says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly, and each does its own special work and helps the other parts to grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You may think that it's just my job, the the pastor, the paid Christian up here to help you grow. But it's actually your job. My job is to equip you and then you help each other to grow. That's your part. And the, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 10, let us think of ways, I love this, to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. You actually are supposed to speak into each other's lives and motivate one another into living the the life of Christ even better. And do not let us neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that his return is drawing near. For some of you, I keep mentioning accountability. This passage of scripture I'm going to mention is pretty heavy, and then it ends pretty funny. I don't know if you ever think of the Bible as funny, but sometimes I read it and I just laugh out loud. Listen to this. Galatians 6. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, 
You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. That's our job as Christians to help one another. When someone stumbles, we come alongside them and help them. And then he has a warning. Be careful. Do not fall into the same temptation yourself. It's wisdom. Share each other's burdens. And this way, in this way, obey the law of Christ. This is the funny part. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. <laughs> you're not that important. I don't know where you're at, honestly, with all of this. I don't know about you, but I need connection. I'm built for it. We all are. And it's different, and it looks different from each different person. But we are built for that, and we need it. I hope that you are wanting it. Now, I, and I hope, as a church, after this meeting today, we'll come up with a plan, and we'll launch a system that, that even better gives you an opportunity to connect. We have connect groups at the church, and the ones we have are amazing. We just need more. I have people, not on a weekly basis, probably every other week, who ask me, hey, would this, is there a group that would fit me? And as I'm talking to them, a lot of times I'm like, yeah, but we need more. We need more that would fit you. Some of you may be great for hosting. Some may be leading. Some, some may be for you, you could just you know, be the person who helps the group run. I don't know. But here's my final challenge to you today. What are you going to do about it? About everything I've talked about. You've heard the whys. You've... You need now to decide what. I, you know, my job most of the time is to give you the whys, and then I'll tell you some whats, but ultimately you have to decide it. I can't make you do it. Remember years ago, I was working with some students, and they just were not, I was just over and over, I was picking them up, trying to get them this, and <clears throat> my middle school pastor said to me, you know, Dennis, you can't want it more than they do. And I do. I want it desperately for you. But you have to want it. You have to choose to decide what you're going to do, what and when and how. You know the whys. Whether that means creating sacred spaces, like the lady said in the MIT study, for your phone. Whether it means you intentionally working on a relationship that you have that you know is valuable. Whether it's you allowing someone to hold you accountable, actually talking to them and say, I'm struggling with this, and I need you to walk with me with this issue and, and call me on, on the carpet. <clears throat> maybe it's a computer issue. Maybe it's just scheduling time. Maybe for you, it's time for you to actually get involved in a connect group and make that happen in your life. We're going to have that meeting right after church. Next week, we do have a service at the Family Fifth, and we'll have the illusionist. It'll be a lot of fun. Then the following week, we're going to talk about connecting with a hurting world. But as we end today, I just want you to shut your eyes with me. I want to invite you, even if you're online, just to close your eyes. I want to pray with you. I'm going to ask a couple questions. And I think it's important, even if you're online, to just even respond to these. Even raise your hand there, even though maybe you're alone. But just the act, the volition of saying, yes, I need to do something about this. So I want to start with this question. As I've talked today, I know even as I have been preaching, I've felt convicted in my own heart. I, I prayed and wrote this and feel convicted. But I'm wondering <clears throat> if you would raise your hand today. If you're here or online and you realize that you need to make a change in one of these areas. Anybody at all, if you'd raise your hand. I do see those hands. More importantly, God sees those hands. I'm going to pray for you in a minute. The next question I have is, it's a very, it's the most important question you'll ever be asked. 
And that is, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you know him? Do you want to know him? It's a deep question, but if you do not have a relationship with him and you would like to start that today, I just want to know, would you raise your hand and we can pray with you? Anybody at all? If you're online, you can put something in the comments or you can email the church. Anybody at all? All right, let me pray with you. Those of you who raised your hands, I just want to pray with you this morning. Pray that God would help us to make these changes that we need to make. So if you join me, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for each and every one, whether they're online or in this house, the ones who raised their hands, knowing that they need to make some changes. We need to make some changes. I need to make some changes. God, I pray that you would help me to step out in that. I pray that you would remind me. I pray that you would help me to follow through with each and every one of those things. Father, I pray that you would, you would give us that relationship with you, but then that relationship with each other that you created us for. I pray that you would uniquely, divinely put us together that way. Father, I pray for our church, that this would be a place where people would connect, that they would have the relationships they need that would help them grow in relationship with you. We give you praise for that, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would stand with me today, just want to pray God's blessing over you this morning. And as you let, leave out of this house, please make some connections on your way. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us online. It's been great having you. God bless you today. Amen.